Sports Pan on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you Friday afternoon. Delighted to have you along. And we upgraded the studio today because Ryan Stieg, the mining journalist, is in with us. What's going on, Ryan? I'm doing okay. <laughs> it's kind of it's uh, rainy out there. Yes, yeah, it is. It's kind of a gloomy day for a Friday. It is gloomy, but it's an exciting day. It's a day full of opportunity because in addition to being a sports writer at the Mining Journal, mm-hmm. you're the Northern Michigan Hockey Beat Writer, and they just happen to open the season for real tonight when Sparty comes to town. Yes, it's uh, going to be a d- very interesting weekend. Um, I'm hoping it's a sellout. As I've told, you know, tickets have gone fast. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're completely gone or not, but uh, I'm hoping it's a Big Ten foe. It's, uh, they haven't been here in, from what I can heard, like at least a few years. Since Abdulgator, probably. <laughs> Back way. <laughs> Back in like 08? Yeah. Around I, that time. I think, because I think like Michigan was here like in... Th- 2013 or 12 or mm-hmm. something or whatever and then but i can't remember the last time state was here but mm-hmm. uh that could be kind of i'm hoping it's a good crowd i'm hoping it's loud and uh it'll be interesting to see how the team performs because i've yet to see them this year oh, right. you, you didn't make the trip down to plymouth i did not okay. I, uh, it was an exhibition game and uh <laughs> i wasn't gonna get paid for it so <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tell you what, we will get Sparty here for two games, one tonight and one tomorrow. We're going to break that down. We've got baseball to talk about. We've got football. And, of course, the Friday Funnies down the week per usual. But let's stick with hockey and preview tonight's matchup. Has Grant given you any indication who's going to start in net tonight? No. I wonder if he knows. I wonder if it's still up in the air. I don't know if he's just keeping it close, but maybe he is really evaluating it right up to game time. I which is a bit weird because, <laughs> uh, you know, he he played it really coy mm-hmm. in the press conference. Mm-hmm. You know, I asked him about it, and he said he wasn't sure yet. And then you asked him about it, and he still kind of dodged the question. So I, my assumption is that Nolan Kent's going to start tonight. Okay. And that maybe... Hawthorne will play Saturday, and they're gonna and they're gonna they're gonna split it because that's what they did in the exhibition game. He mm-hmm. wanted to see both guys get a chance. He's said that he wants both guys to get seen action at home. He also said he wants both guys to see action on the road. And he mm-hmm. even said at the beginning of the year to me that he's prepared to go quite a while without knowing knowing who his number one guy is. So I figure if you don't know who your number one guy is yet, you'd want to get them both some action this weekend in net. So I'm guessing either Kent will start tonight and then maybe Hawthorne comes in Saturday or if Kent played plays lockdown tonight maybe mm-hmm. he'll play both but uh i i would think he wants to get them all, both as much time as he can to evaluate both that is the biggest question mark going into tonight's matchup but a few other things like where's the scoring going to come from this year because they lost a lot of good offensive players from last year but they didn't have a lot of guys who would generate a lot of shots they had scores and yeah i guess you could say they were efficient but northern rarely would outshoot a team is that going to be different this year? Do you get that impression? Well, he, Grant has said to me that they're emphasizing shots this year, that they want to put as much pu- as many pucks on net as they can. Um, if you look at the stat sheet, Grant Loven scored against the under-18 team by basically just throwing the puck at the net. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember Dave Dennis was, like, broadcasting the game, and he was just like, and here's Loven with a shot, and it goes in. <laughs> Because, like, he just put a weak shot on net just to get it out there, and it managed to find its way in. So I'm going to imagine Grant's emphasizing that don't keep 
Northern has a tendency to get really cute mm. out there where they try to find the highlight reel goal. They'll pass it three or four times instead of just shooting it, and it's come back to bite them. Uh, it was the problem a few years ago, and uh, I guess it loomed its head last year too, so I'm hoping that'll get fixed because Northern's got the capability to keep up with almost every team mm. if they you know act efficiently defensively you've got a really young group back there it's huge to have a guy like phil Ballou back there kind of mentor those guys and bring them along you've been around the team following them probably closer than about everybody how big has he been for that young quarterback well he's just um he's a good leader there's a reason he was chosen as captain um almost immediately after the season ended and uh just he knows how to take charge the guys look up to him he's a good role model he's got a he's serious but he's also relaxed like if you look at him he's cracking jokes he's one of the few guys who actually smiles in his mugshot that'll go on <laughs> that'll go on to the jumbotron um everybody else is the stoic copy the stoic hockey player look mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i think he's just he's a former all-american has the potential to do it again this year just missed out last year i can think that's when i talked to him last time i was a bit of a sore spot for him because mm-hmm. he thought he had the numbers to get it again um but um i think he can do it again he was all WCHA preseason first team. He um, he's seen as pretty much as the best defenseman in the league. Um, so having that guy back there after losing a gigantic chunk of your defense <laughs> will be very important. Well, we talked to Grant on Tuesday at his presser about the special teams, and he was pretty pleased with the penalty kill because they lost a good group of those guys. But the guys that are coming back... They're putting together a pretty good unit on special teams. Yeah, um, I think this weekend you'll see. Um, you'll still try to. Grant's still going to try to figure some out because they've only played one game and it was an exhibition game. So mm-hmm. he might play around with his penalty kill unit a little bit. Um, if it struggles, maybe tonight he might change it up on Saturday, um, and then. You know, you also got to lock down um, good defenseman in Ben Newhouse, who transferred in from Union, didn't play last year, but he's in. He played on, the, he played with Ballou on the first, um, the first defense against the under-18 team, and he looked good. Um, I think they're going to be a good one-two punch back there, and he even said he's eager to play with Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say those two are going to anchor it because there's they're pretty much the veteran core of uh, the defense, and then. Uh, and then the only real question mark was the power play because mm-hmm. they only had one, and they briefly had one, and it lasted only a few seconds. Yep. So um, you talked about Saturday night, yeah, but yes, but they did score yeah. on that power play, In that twenty-five second power play. <laughs> yeah. So hey, I mean, it's I think they have the ability, but there's going to be a lot of questions that I think still need to be answered. Um, I don't think. After this weekend, you're going to have a definitive opinion on this is how good this team mm-hmm. is. This is how the season's going to go because it's their first series. Um, this will be Michigan State's first series, and it was last year. Um, they played each other first, and State looked okay, and Northern looked okay. They split it, but mm-hmm. neither of them looked particularly fantastic, and mm-hmm. I think that's usually the case the first weekend for just about every team out there unless you're like the preseason favorite to win a national title Mm -hmm. you don't see a whole lot of teams look incredibly sharp in the first weekend and Duluth lost their exhibition (laughs) and so it's like they're 
to the University of Alberta, <laughs> the Golden Bears. <laughs> um, so it's you don't know what's going to happen um, in the first couple weeks. And uh, I think you might have a little bit of answers, but you still don't know. You're probably not going to know who your number one goalie is, and you don't know what your number one PK unit is. So, yeah. Which newcomer are you most excited to see, whether that's Andre Gantos, Jet Jungles, great name, by the way, and Rylan Yuremko is back and not even granted a chance to see him last time. Grant, uh, poor Rylan Yuremko has battled so many injuries, mm -hmm. and he was at an NHL development camp uh, with the Rangers, um, I remember, during the Walt Kyle days, and then he fell off. And I kept wondering, why is this guy not in the lineup? And apparently he's just been injury-plagued and trying to get back in, but he could be the veteran presence on the D that will benefit them this year. I think I'm intrigued to see where he's at. I am I would say Gantos and Jungles. Again, Jet Jungles is a mm. beautiful name. Love it. <laughs> for, for hockey, hockey is perfect. Yeah. Um, I mean, even if it was just his last name, Jungles mm. is just great. <laughs> so I, I will be highly disappointed if, if he scores his first goal, Welcome to the Jungle is not played. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was trying to get this last year mm. to have Troy Loggins have Kenny Loggins songs being played oh, when scored. I wanted Danger Zone to be played. I wanted Footloose to be played. I wanted, you know, from Adam, from Caddyshack, I'm Alright. <laughs> Those are all good Kenny Loggins songs. Sure. I was kept waiting for them to do it, but they, you know, they kept forgetting and they mm -hmm. kept forgetting, so we never actually got it. So I ended up having to tweet out lame Kenny Loggins lyrics anytime <laughs> Troy Loggins did anything. And I'm sure that annoyed people, but I'm like, if you know, the department's not doing it. It's like, I got to do Somebody's it. Somebody's got to do it. Thank you for your service, Ryan. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I took one for the team in a way and uh, threw out some lame jokes and had people make fun of me a bit. So, um, but yeah, I he is going to be fun. Um, there's a lot of hype around him. I think he finished runner-up in the Rookie of the Year preseason voting mm. behind uh, Nathan, a guy from Minnesota State who's highly, yep. I think he's a... I think he was a draft pick for some teams, so you know he's <laughs> being a draft pick kind of gives you that a leg up, yeah. So, but you know, I think he's got a lot of talent. He's coming in out of high school. You wonder how that's going to translate over because mm -hmm. a lot of these guys have played in juniors. Um, Gantos looked really sharp in the exhibition game. Uh, Grant's really high on him. He's thinking this is you know, potentially a a future scorer kind of thing. I think the freshmen are going to have a little bit more pressure put on them because mm -hmm. they simply don't have the veteran scoring that they do. I mean, they got a couple good guys, but I mean, Craighead's going to be seen as the offensive leader. Yeah. And, you know, although he had a 20-point year, I mean, he wasn't at the Loggins level. He wasn't at the Rockwood level. He, you know, it's like he he needs to take that extra step, and he's very eager to do that. He thinks he can do it. And it's, I think... The forwards, uh, the freshman forwards are going to have a little more pressure on them eventually. I would say Grant usually wants them to be have their feet wet by the winter break. Mm -hmm. So who knows? They might still need until the winter break, or may, they might connect early and start uh, playing really well. Next week they go to Boston, so yeah. <laughs> that'll be another test. Oh, I tell you what, you look at some of the guys who are coming back that are going to play big roles, especially in the offensive end. Grant talked about some guys that have had good off-seasons, guys like Lochran, guys like you mentioned, uh, Craighead. 
He said Vincent DeMay had a good uh, good offseason, and Joe Nardi, who's going to be wearing the A on his jersey this year. Yeah, I uh, is there going to be a second A? I haven't heard. So far, just one. Interesting. You're the insider. Well, Grant's all about the two A's. <laughs> like, I knew Nardi got it, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I heard there was some, like, are there going to be one? Mm-hmm. Is Are they waiting on it? I think there's still a possibility if somebody else emerges. Well, hopefully it's not a Red Wings kind of thing where <laughs> nobody gets the C for forever. And then, uh, so, you know, maybe it's going to happen. I knew Nardi got it, but uh, mm-hmm. I was wondering if they're going to hold off or maybe they're going to do another one. So, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. He's going to have to take another step. He looked better last year than he did the year before. I think Lochran, it'll be interesting with Lochran because... Lochran's more known more around the league as a pest than an actual I love offensive the way player. Plays. Yeah, it's like that. His goal is to draw, you know, as many teams into making dumb penalties as mm-hmm. he can. He chirps with them. He may do some trash talking, and then, I mean, and then the teams will snap mm-hmm. and they'll like throw a punch at them yeah. and they'll do it right in front of the ref and uh, it'll be perfect. I love the way he plays. He's five. He's five six. Yeah, I love it. And he does a little. I've seen him embellish his hit a little much. <laughs> One of them was really bad. <laughs> and he ended up getting called on it. I love it. Yeah, but I was just like, got, to win that Oscar, you know, you got to be able to act a little better. But uh, he he can also score. He is, you know, he looked great when he was in the USHL. Mm-hmm. So I think Grant's hoping he can still play his own role that he loves playing but also contribute a little more offensively and he showed last year he could do that let's talk about sparty what are we expecting from them tonight because they had the highest uh scoring big 10 player last year and Herosi. he's obviously with the red wings now they still bring back a pretty good group yeah they're uh they got the other two guys mm-hmm. you know kodorenko looks really really sharp i think he's going to be um their biggest player this year and then uh you know they got unlike the wildcats they got two tested goaltenders. Mm. You know, these are both guys who played last year. Wildcats had Nolan Kent play 13 minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and John Hawthorne wasn't even here. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see about guy. You know, the matchup in net's going to be very intriguing because you got two guys that played a lot of minutes against two guys who barely even suited up. So mm-hmm. it's. Uh, That'll be the interesting story because sometimes goalies take a while to get into their zone, and sure. sometimes you can you can catch veterans early if they're sleeping, you know. So that'll be fun. I, I, I'm just I want to see if Sparty can take this that step. They've been down for so long, mm-hmm. basically since the Abdulkader years, and they've they've just they've plummeted all the way to the bottom of the Big Ten. Um, they were you know, searching the bottom of the CCHA for a bit. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I keep hearing that they're better. Mm -hmm. I've yet to actually truly (laughs) see it, but I want to see how they're going to do. Because when I watched them on TV last year, I mean, they looked okay. Mm -hmm. They looked better against what I've seen in the past, but uh, now are they going to... Losing Hiroshi hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Hobie Baker finalist, you know, and... uh, but maybe the other two guys can show what they can do on their own. So what's the M.O. for a team led by a guy like Dan? I think his goal is to just keep building. Mm. You know, hopefully, because he was with the under-18 team. Mm. So, like, he knows how to put together a good team with young guys. So I think 
he just wants to take a team that was at the bottom and just keep taking steps. Because if you look at it, Penn State started off at the bottom of the mm-hmm. Big Ten. In a few years, they're making the tournament. They're, you know, having the best offense in the country and mm-hmm. one of the worst defenses <laughs> in the country. I still can't believe that strategy. The maple like, leaves of college hockey. Like, yeah, I mean, you're... People keep saying Penn State frozen four pick, no. and I'm like, no, not if they don't want <laughs> to play defense. You can't win every game eight to seven. And, yeah, and uh, especially against a team who actually plays good defense. Mm-hmm. I remember they played Denver, and Denver held them to like two goals, mm-hmm. and it was. But uh, that's beside the point. Focusing in state, I think if you take, he just wants to grow each year, and they've gotten better slowly, and uh, I think if. I think he wants to take because he has two of the top three guys from last year back scores. Mm-hmm. He can uh, he wants to take a bigger step, but I think by the following season he wants to be where he expects him to be at. Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal, beat writer for the Northern Michigan Hockey Squad. They open the season tonight at home against Sparty. Let's take our first time out. We'll talk a little football next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along this Friday afternoon. I tell you what, week six of the NFL season kicked off last night with a really weird game. Like, it was close at one point, but you never really felt like the Giants had a chance. New England won 35-14, but the Giants had the ball down seven with 8.43 to go in that game, and then New England just blew it open. Tom Brady didn't throw a touchdown, but he still moved into second all-time in the NFL passing yards list. And New England benefited from three non-offensive touchdowns the same night where Tom Brady sets an NFL record by beating uh, a first or second year starting quarterback for the 19th straight game. It was just a weird night. Yeah, and uh, people are still hyping up the Patriots despite all they played as really bad teams, <laughs> so I'm not buying that yet. Not yet? No. I, uh, I mean... Yeah, they're good. They're a playoff team, you know, maybe even a Super Bowl team. But if all you do is beat up on terrible teams, it's like, <laughs> how is that really an accurate, you know, picture of who they are? Um, I The Giants are just a mess. Yeah, they and, are. and the fact that they were actually in that game is mind It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So maybe things are moving, like, slightly in the right direction that's going to be a bit before they get back on track and Barkley's still out so it'll be interesting to see how he comes in when he comes back how much of a you know if they make a big improvement or not Barkley's backup was out too they literally had a skeleton crew last night Daniel Jones was 15 to 31 he had a passer rating of like 30 something 36.2 something like that do we have any more clarity on him because I don't think last night is an accurate measuring stick I don't think – he took the job from Eli, mm. who's probably just – as people are putting out memes and gifs all over <laughs> about Eli playing around with the Microsoft Surface thing, which is really funny. <laughs> but uh, I I wonder how much they're going to give Daniel Jones because mm. he's had his flashes, but he's not played consistently. Mm. And you wonder – are we going to eventually turn it back over to Eli just because this could be his last year? You want to, you know, mm-hmm. give him a good send-off or whatever? But uh, I don't know. I, I didn't buy the Daniel Jones pick when it was made, and I still don't buy it now. Okay. I To your point, I don't think Eli 
is done playing football. I don't think he's taken the field for the last time, but I do think the Giants have come to the reality and accepted that Jones is the guy going forward. That being said, uh, you know, you talked about the Jones pick being criticized, and they were criticized a couple of years ago for not taking a quarterback in what was the most overhyped quarterback class I can ever remember. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, when you look at their crosstown rival, because that's the one they get compared to quite a bit, would you rather have Jones and Barkley? Or would you rather have Darnold and Le'Veon Bell? Well, Barkley is injured, so... Well, <laughs> come on, when he's healthy. Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold's injured. Yeah. He's got a high school disease in his 20s. <laughs> and has become a beautiful internet. <laughs> no, I love that thing. Um, but I, I would probably say Jones and Barkley. Okay. But... I also, the Jets have Adam Gase, who I will bring up in the Friday Funnies for his idiocy. So um, I'd say Giants by an edge, but just imagine how both New York franchises are terrible. Mm -hmm. I I don't think I'd ever think that both New York teams would be terrible. I've seen one look really bad every, every once in a while, but I've never seen both. It's weird because both in football are bad. The one basketball franchise in New York is atrocious. They're probably the most poorly owned sports team in the country, although the Redskins might challenge them for that. (laughs) Baseball, you've got one elite team, and you've got one team that looked good for a couple months this season, and now they don't have a manager. And then hockey, you got two teams that still probably is too early for us to know what they actually are yet. Um, you got the Rangers, who are possibly maybe a lower seed playoff team. Mm-hmm. You got the Islanders, who you don't know. Mm-hmm. Last year they looked great and then got swept by the Hurricanes in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 if you're a New York sports fan, you got to be ha- having this constant what the <laughs> look going on your face because this is like unheard of well especially if you're outside the bronx and your favorite teams are yeah. the knicks the jets the mets if you're stugats if you're one of those guys boy you made some poor choices in life <laughs> <laughs> if uh if you're a mets fan and a jets fan and uh and, knicks. and, a, and the knicks and an islanders fan or stugats or a brooklyn nets fan <laughs> You know, well, there might be some optimism there. Yeah, but right now there's optimism. Yeah, but still, you know, it's like, uh, I I wonder how someone in this day and age, I mean, outside of Queens, because mm-hmm. that's where the Mets are, mm-hmm. how someone can actually become a Mets fan in this day and age? Because <laughs> it's like, unless you grew up there mm-hmm. or you have some like tradition passed down in you, it's like it's like that cute commercial mm-hmm. where you know where the dad's with the little girl yep. and they're doing and it's really great i love that commercial and everybody there's a yankees fan you got the poor mets fan dad and i'm just like why are you introducing your kid to that it's like it's like when you, you know people like infect their kids with browns fever when they're like <laughs> two years old and you're like why would you do that to your child <laughs> All you're doing them is preparing them for years of disappointment. You know, I'm a loyal guy because I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Browns fan. I'm an Irish fan. I'm not yeah. Mets or Browns. Yeah, because uh, I, 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 when Drew Madry just says, why your team sucks, calm, it's all mm. great. And there's this one time where he said, you know how you can file restraining orders? Oh, no. I have filed one so the Cleveland Browns cannot ever <laughs> come within a certain a certain limit of where my kid is. I love that. I, I love those columns. In, like, fantasy football now, 
I love how they take shots of the Dolphins like every week in their team assessment, like who you should pick up in fantasy. I love how they just do subtle shots of the Dolphins every week. Yeah, it's one of the most proudest and traditionally good franchises has completely bottomed out. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, Don Shula's got to be going insane. Uh, I mean, he's a millionaire and he's having a great time probably with his steakhouses and stuff like that. But, I mean, like, he's just like... You know, we were good. Mm-hmm. We were a Super Bowl caliber team when I was here. Oh, yeah. I, it's like, I don't know what happened, but Lord. I tell you what, football's great. Right yeah. now. I love yeah. the state of football right uh-huh. now. So I tell you what, on our pick all of us were unanimous in New England last night. We were all pretty agreeable this week. We have three games in which all five of us all picked the same thing. New England last night to win. We all picked Seattle to beat Cleveland on Sunday. And we all picked the Chargers to win on Sunday night football. Four out of the five of us picked the Rams. Only Tyree Smith from ABC 10 picked the 49ers. And then Monday Night Football, three of us picked Green Bay, and the ABC 10 guys picked Detroit. So we're all pretty agreeable this week. I'm shocked Jake Durant picked the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> he loves those Packers. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a guy be so hyped on a team. I mean, I love Jake. Oh, I know. But I'm just, I'm just like, he's got such rose-colored glasses when he looks at that team. Like... They can do no wrong kind of a thing. It's like, oh, man. That's why we love him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going into um, an interesting game. Is Green Bay what people think? Mm-hmm. You know, are they really that good? They did not look great against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And then last week they looked a lot better. Mm-hmm. Now Detroit is doing its are we for real bit <laughs> uh, where they, you know, could have beat the Chiefs and didn't, which mm-hmm. – it's probably the most Lions thing ever. You, you like, you know, you're about to take down arguably the best team in the league, mm. and you don't, mm. <laughs> and you lose in like heartbreaking fashion in the closing seconds. So I, I want to see which team's legit because if because uh, Detroit's beaten the Packers, yeah. they got a winning streak against four them. in a row. Yeah, so maybe. That's true. Maybe they're going to continue that. Are, who are the Lions? Exactly. Or are the Packers? Really what people are thinking are, you know, is the defense as good? Because they didn't look good against Philadelphia. So are they going to be live up to those expectations is, I don't know. I guess I just don't buy it quite yet because, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not impressed by them so far. Oh. There are a lot of prove-me games this weekend. The 49ers have one. I think the Browns kind of have one going up against Seattle. I think you can make the case that's a prove-me game. I don't know if it's so much a prove-me game with Kansas City and Houston, but I think that's going to be a really fun one. I think we're going to learn a lot. Yeah. I think the Bills still have something to prove, and certainly the Lions do on Monday Night Football. And I think you can make the case the Packers. This is kind of a prove-me game for them. Yeah, I'm. You know, I've I've seen them look good, and I've seen them look bad. Mm-hmm. So w- which one is it going to be? And uh, it's still early enough in the year where you can make up for it, but, you know, where you are right now will kind of be determined by this game. If the season ended right now, the Monday night football matchup we have coming up, Lions at Packers, would be a first-round playoff game. The Lions are the sixth seed if the season ended right now. Packers would be the three, technically tied for two with New Orleans. I think New Orleans is going to get that toward the end of the year. I give them the tiebreaker because they're doing this with a backup quarterback. Yes. They replaced a Hall of Famer. I don't think Green Bay's backup, whoever he is, would be able It's Tim Boyle. I don't think Tim Boyle would come in and lead the Packers to a 4-1 and record. We're talking about the new Brett Hundley. 
Yeah, 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 Brett yeah, yes. New Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, yeah. The uh, when Brett Hundley took over the Packers, that was a disaster. So uh, <laughs> I, I can see Tim Boyle doing the same thing. Um, do you remember who was it? It was a couple of years ago. It was Matt. What's his Matt name? Matt Flynn. Yeah, who like lit up a game mm-hmm. and then like. F- into obscurity as soon as that game went over. <laughs> and like the Seahawks throw a bunch of cash at him or something. Yes. And then he went and nobody ever remembered him. We again. could do a whole segment on the Packer backup since Aaron Rodgers took over and how miserably each of them have failed. You've had Kaiser, you had Hundley, you had Flynn, uh, Brian Brom, was he? Maybe. Scott Tolzien. Yeah, Scott Wisconsin Tolzien. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> like how... It's like they lucked out with Favre and Rodgers, but like have not gotten that guy to potentially replace Rodgers yet. Do you think so. Packer fans are worried about that? Because Rodgers is starting to get up there. I don't know how many years he has left. And they haven't been good with <laughs> finding backup quarterbacks the last few years. Now, granted, they haven't needed to be. Maybe they haven't put a lot of effort into it. But do you think that's a worry for the Packers? Like, at what point do we need to have Rodgers' successor? I would. Isn't he like in his, starting to get into his mid-30s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think he's thirty-five. Yeah, so you're you're starting to get into the age where guys are starting to get towards the end of their careers. Um, unless you're a legendary quarterback like Breeze and Brady and Manning until his like final last year. And, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's you have to be pretty much uh, elite if you're gonna last longer than that. So I think if he starts. If things fall apart this year, mm-hmm. I think you start to wonder, are are you going to have a guy, you know? Because, I mean, he's locked into Green Bay for right. years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe he'll leave his final year and do some sad, <laughs> you know, joining a team for one season thing. That When that happens, you just wish people would retire. Right. You know, I mean, Joe Namath went to, didn't he go to the Rams mm-hmm. or something? And Johnny Unitas went to the Chargers. <laughs> and uh, Emmett Smith went to the Cardinals. And you're just like, dude, just call it quits. It's such a sad and, way to send uh, your career. But Eli Manning might do that. Yeah. Eli Manning and might just jump ship for one year and then retire. Yeah. You're just like, this isn't how you want to be remembered, you know? Mm-hmm. You want to go out on top, and instead you're going to go out, like, barely above <laughs> ground level, you know? To yeah. your point, though, Peyton Manning was, like, the only one I can remember doing that that actually had a storybook ending. Yeah. Although it was a statistically awful year for him, he still won a Super Bowl. Yeah, on the strength of a defense. <laughs> His defense basically carried him, but uh, he went out on a good note, and... I'm glad he didn't come back. He had enough common sense to realize, I just won a Super Bowl. Let's mm-hmm. be done, you know, kind of a thing. So I tell you what, before we hit the break and we transition over to baseball, at this point in the season, could I say the MVP favorite is Russell Wilson right now? I don't think it's too much of a stretch. Yeah. It's playing it, good. It's playing weird. real good. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mahomes looked mortal yeah, against, against the Colts. Um I don't buy Brady yet because mm-hmm. they've played terrible teams, so I don't quite going to get into that yet, but uh, I guess you could make the case for Russell Wilson. Is there a top rusher right now that we think could be an MVP at the end of the year? I don't see one right now. Because right now isn't the top ru- I don't know if Dalvin Cook is still up there, but he's he. I mean, he's up there, but Dalvin Cook, if that's your bar for MVP, a running back's not going to get it this no, year. No, it's... Uh, to me, this is just a quarterback year. It's you can have some good running backs, but you have to. If you're a running back, you got to have a pretty 
spectacular year mm-hmm. to overshine the quarterbacks. I mean, the last like running back I remember to have a really spectacular year was Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. that one year um, where he almost set the season rushing record. Oh, nine. Oh, that was painful. <laughs> I don't like Adrian Peterson, but I still want him to get that record. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we'll see. But this year is just dominated by quarterbacks. Like, statistically, if you took in the whole body of work, all kinds of running back stats, and you mashed them together, I mean, who is the best running back this year? It, it honestly could be Christian McCaffrey. That may not be a stretch. Boy, that's weird. Isn't that weird? When you factor in his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, his blocking ability, it could be Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if that's a stretch. Yeah, it's just weird how that's become. I, the game, f- Football is having an odd season. Yeah, it Let's, is. That's, an, that's a good way to put it. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's go out and talk some baseball next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Here's your Sports Center update. Last night, Tom Brady passed Peyton Manning on the NFL's all-time passing yards list, moving to second place behind only Drew Brees, who, by the way, is out with an injury. Brady could pass him here in the coming weeks. He accomplished the feat on the uh, first pass of last night's game as the Patriots bested the Giants 35-14. Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving will miss tomorrow's preseason game against the Lakers after re-aggravating a facial fracture yesterday. And finally, a high school football coach in New Mexico has been fired and is facing criminal charges after he was caught on video taking $40 out of one of his players' wallets. About that. Really? Oops. <laughs> That's kind of, You're stealing from your players who are probably hard up for cash to begin with? Yeah. What's wrong with you? For $40? Bucks? I'm yeah. Really, I'm not condoning it, but like, go for 100 or something if you're going to do it. Don't get fired over $40. Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. How, you're going to go out on a terrible note mm-hmm. and for 40 bucks. Ouch. Ouch. Well, I tell you what, last night we saw one of the more dominant pitching performances by a guy that right now I believe is going to be the Cy Young. Can I say that? Yeah. I think Garrett Cole's going to win the Cy Young this year. Yeah. I think he'd be the right choice. Struck out 10 raised batters as Houston beat Tampa Bay 6-1 to and moved to the ALCS where they will take on the Yankees. I'm on the Astros bandwagon now. I don't want to see the Yankees advance. Me either. But I tell you what, Garrett Cole now set an ALDS record last night. This is your stat of the day. With his 10 strikeouts last night, he struck out 25 Rays batters during the series, which is a new ALDS record. The Rays were a fun team Mm -hmm. because they put up an amazing fight, and they made Justin Verlander look terrible. Yeah, they did. And Grinky. Yeah, so if you take away Garrett Cole... You know, if he wasn't there, the Rays probably would have moved on. Right. It's uh, so I think Tampa's actually going to be back next year. I think they got a good young core. I was rooting for them. Lowest payroll in baseball. They got sixteen million from their budget slash this year, and they still did what they did and actually won six more games. Yeah, it, it, they were a good story. And I know your wife's a fan. How was she last night? Sad. Yeah. Thankfully, she was working, so she didn't get to see it. Uh, yeah, she was. She was pretty down about yeah. it. So. Well, you, you just knew that. You know, if you go Grinky, Verlander, Cole, back to back to back, that they weren't going to lose three in a row with that group. No. As magical as the Rays were, they just weren't going to lose with those three pitchers going back to back to back. Yeah, it just they just got too much of a rich pitching rotation there, and uh, I think Houston's going to win the AL. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure going into the playoffs, but the way that you know Cole's been pitching and. 
I think if the Twins had played any other team but the Yankees, mm-hmm. they would have played. They would have fared pretty a lot better. They really could have. Like I was hoping Minnesota would match up with Houston, even though I think Houston is the best team in the AL. For one thing, that Yankee stigma. You know, and the Twins did beat uh, Houston four games to three during the regular season series. Now, granted, that was a much different Houston team because those matchups were in May before the trade deadline occurred, and they picked up Grinky and they bolstered themselves a little bit more. But that being said, that twin stigma when it comes to the Yankees is alive and well. Their last win in the postseason came in 04. Wow. I don't... And ironically, that win was against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Then every time since, they lost to the A's. <laughs> the A's in one year. Ouch. And then the Tigers smashed them. Yep. So it's like... But uh, yeah, I. do you think the Twins are going to be back? Yeah, I think so. I think right now they will be. I think they're going to be aggressive in free agency. I think they're going to work on pitching. Yeah, but pitching needs to be better. I mean, yeah. It just has to, especially starting pitching. You know, for a while, they were amazing. They've got Barrios, who you know what you're going to get night in and night out. You have Oda Rizzi that most of the time, he's really good. He had a few bad games thrown in there. Who knows what you'll get with Gibson. Sometimes he'll be pretty good. Who knows what you get with Martin Perez. Sometimes he's pretty good. And then when Big Mike isn't getting suspended, he's pretty good. Yeah. So I I think the Twins will be okay. I think the Central has taken a dive. Yeah, it you is. Know? It used to be Cleveland's division. Mm-hmm. It's not anymore. They had their chance, and uh, they just they aren't the Kings anymore. I think the Twins will be back next year. I have said I do not want to hear the word Bomba ever again. <laughs> st- be- I hated it. Yeah, because they were so obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's another Bomba. And then you guys didn't do anything in the postseason. No. It's like, so where's all those Bombas at? I mean, it was... They yeah. used a few of those. Yeah, so <laughs> no, no, no Bomba next year. No more Bomba. The Twins have had some bad playoff hashtags the last few years. The we're gonna thing a few years ago just looks stupid spelled out on social media. We're gonna. We're gonna. Do what? Swell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Play awful? I, uh... You wonder about the Twins' social media team because there's a lot of teams have really great social media crew, mm-hmm. and the Twins apparently are just getting some scrubs <laughs> to do it. I guess. So, well, I tell you what, I was talking uh, yesterday with Jake Duran about the Dodgers and their colossal collapse this year. By the way, it was announced today that Doc Roberts will return as manager next what? year. How about that? <laughs> what? Doc Roberts? Eh, he had know. to be gone. I, 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 you could almost bank on it. You, he was going to be gone. But it's one of those uh, terrible GM decisions. They're not going to win with that guy. Do you believe that their World Series window is closed? Yes. I, I thought it was closed after last year. I thought this might have been the last year mm-hmm. because they, you know, the West is weak and they could get in and they played. You know, they played decent. I said, if this is going to be it, this will be the last part. And they just bottomed out in the playoffs. They had their two World Series chances. That didn't work. Mm -hmm. They should have beat the Astros. You, Darvish, terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Then he came to the Cubs and was also (laughs) terrible. Um, So I would say, yeah, I think they're done. I think Clayton Kershaw's done. Well, see, that's the thing. Can the Dodgers ever win a World Series with Clayton Kershaw as their ace because I don't think they can. No. I don't think they can because they were so dominant during the regular season because Kershaw was dominant. They won 106 games because Kershaw won like 20-something games. But they're not going to do that in the postseason 
if Kershaw, their best pitcher, can't perform in the postseason, they're a good regular season team because Kershaw is a good regular season pitcher. And their success is intertwined with each other. I don't think the Dodgers will ever win a World Series with Kershaw as their number one pitcher. I don't think so. I think he just, when he gets to the postseason, he just can't handle it. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had a chance to beat the Cubs in 2016. He's on the mound, and the Cubs took it to him. You know, he, you know, last year he was terrible. This year, why did you bring him in and release? That's the thing. Yeah, (laughs) you. Everyone knew what was going to happen, and that's my problem with Doc Roberts. Everyone knew what was going to happen. We've seen this story over and over. Why would you do it? I just, I don't, everybody knows it's going to happen. You can see it happen. And he's, why are you bringing him in relief? Mm -hmm. He's a starting pitcher. I never understood that. Like, I understand, okay, it's it's game seven of the World Series. This is your last gasp. Okay, throw whoever you can out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, 2001, Randy Johnson pitched out of the pen in relief. Yep. And he had just pitched the day before. <laughs> so, um, you know, I can stand going all out with that, but it's the ALDS. Mm-hmm. Why are you bringing in a starter out of the bullpen? And you were winning. Yeah. Why would you... See, and right there, it blows my mind that Dave Roberts is back next year. Because, mm-hmm. like, everybody who covers the Dodgers. I know a guy who does and he's he was saying there's no way he's back. And now he's back. He's back. <laughs> I tell you what I, though. I mean, I know he's a great pitcher and you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But when you had Kenley Jansen available, I know that he's a late-inning guy and it was still 6th, 7th inning when Kershaw was in, but Jansen would have been a much better option right there. Yeah, very much Everybody so. Everybody knew that except Dave Roberts. And he was on the team the last three years. How could he, <laughs> like four years, how could you not know what was going to happen? Mm-hmm. <sighs> and, then he get, get and then he keeps his job. Welcome to sports. <laughs> Gabe Kapler's out of a job, though, so Philly job is open if anybody wants it. Yeah, how about uh, a team that was supposed to win the East and didn't even make an appearance? Uh, Bryce Harper, that mm-hmm. big signing. He yeah. was the guy. Is Gabe Kapler, was Gabe Kapler, I should say, the weirdest manager in baseball? I would say, yeah. He's a, he's a weirdo. <laughs> it, it used to be Ned Yost. It did. <laughs> but then it was Kapler. Ned Yost was a guy who you honestly wondered if he knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. He looked completely out of it during a game. And I think the Royals won a title in spite of him. Mm-hmm. And now he's gone, too. So I met Ned Yost before. Really? Yeah. Is he still... Is he weird? Uh, I don't know. I only met him briefly. Okay. I remember being really mad at Eric Hosmer that night because I was about to meet him, but then something came up. Okay. He, he just kind of blew me off. So I met Salvi Perez instead. It's probably the better guy. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> right now, yeah. Right now, it looks like a better option. Yeah. Than that. Uh, but I tell you what, baseball's fun right now. It is. Baseball's great. I mean, we got the Final Four that maybe we were half expecting Yankees, Astros. No one expected. Houston, uh, I'm sorry, St. Louis, Washington on the other side. Nobody did. I did not expect the Cardinals to even make the playoffs this year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, my Cubs bottomed out. It's just the Cubs are back to what they used to be now. (laughs) Um, And then the Brewers made their brief outing Mm -hmm. and then got eliminated. Think if Trent Grisham fielded that ball, how different things would look right now. Vastly different. Because I think the Dodgers would have beaten the Brewers. I think the Dodgers would be in the NLCS right now. Yeah. I, I think so, too. I think it's just the Cardinals are weird being there. The Nationals should have been eliminated, mm-hmm. you know, the other night, and they didn't. So they're still alive. I don't know what to pick. 
I really don't. I think I'm going to be a Nationals guy over on the NL side. Because, That's what I'm pulling for. Well, because, you know, Cardinals-Cubs, that, yeah, that rivalry. But yeah. Brian Dozier on that roster. Yeah. He's still one of my favorite players. He was my favorite player when he was with the Twins. I think that's probably Rosario now. Rosario's probably okay. my favorite twin. I think uh, I'll get to Atlanta and their collapse in my Friday <laughs> funnies. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're deciding game, and you just don't show up. Mm-hmm. Your pitching staff played so terribly in that first game. And just – so the Braves, some people thought, maybe up there as a potential World Series appearance, mm. are gone. And then you got a good but not great Cardinals team and a good but not great Nationals team. I think whoever wins that will then lose in the World Series to either Houston or the Yankees. How about next year, a rematch of the 91 World Series? Twins upgrade their pitching staff. Braves upgrade their pitching staff. I've, I've said it for a long time. Garrett Cole to the Braves this offseason. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um Maybe. Maybe I'll see that. I don't know uh, if he comes back to Houston. I really don't. I think the Braves will be in play. I think the Angels will be in play. Okay. Maybe. I mean, I, Houston's, I, Houston's got too many high-profile guys on the payroll. I don't know that they can bring him back. This might be their last gasp in a way to mm-hmm. keep all those guys, you know, and uh, I wonder, you know, in baseball you have maybe a three, max four-year window to, depending how good your division is, mm-hmm. to win a World Series and then, you know, you got free agency coming in and, you know, guys are getting older and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe Houston's kind of at the at their uh, last part. I think if they don't win it this year, you know, next year will be their absolute last. Well, it makes you wonder, can you consider them a dynasty? Because, yeah, they've been really good for the last few years. They've perennially been part of the Final Four, made the World Series a few times, but they've only won it once. And I don't think you can consider that a dynasty. I don't think you, there's actually been a legit dynasty since the Yankees back in the probably, early aughts. Yeah, because I mean, right. everybody's been there's teams that will win one and then disappear, mm-hmm. and then there are teams that maybe will make the World Series like twice in four years, but only win it once. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's almost hard to have a dynasty. Yeah. I think if the Dodgers had won one of those and you know made it this year you could maybe start to make a case for them mm-hmm. but they didn't so and then there was that brief period of time where the red sox looked dominant but then they bought them out the following year yep. so it's i don't think you can have a dynasty really the red sox always fire somebody they don't need to one year after winning the pennant this year it was dave dombrowski the last time though 2014 it was don orsillo it was the play-by-play man <laughs> as if it was his fault <laughs> Yes, the guy in the booth calling the game. That, that, that's the reason your team was terrible. Every year that they don't follow up with a second championship, they fire somebody they don't need to. I would say, yeah, I think I think if they had made the playoffs, I think Dave Bombrowski would be hanging by a thread. Mm-hmm. And then if they hadn't won it, then he'd be gone at the end of the year. But it's just, it's weird out there. Mm-hmm. They're so winning demanding and it's bizarre because they were almost accepting of the fact that they were jinxed as painful as that was Mm -hmm. and then now that it ended now they expect oh they're going (laughs) to win it every year and if the patriots don't win it they it's a it's a tragedy and it's uh you know and it's like i mean the bruins didn't win it last year and i thought the city was going to have a complete meltdown (laughs) and it's like you guys had your baseball team and your football team win a title in the same year. How are you this miserable? <laughs> it's like, is it just something in the water out there where you're just, 
nothing's good enough for you in life. Oh, well, we only won two of the four titles this year. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish I would have known Boston pre-title. Was there ever a pre-title era for Boston? Because the Celtics were really good for a long time. The Bruins had their heyday back before, you know, when the Red Sox were still cursed and back before the Patriots were a dynasty. Was there ever a Boston time where they weren't dominant? Nine, something? I would say the nineties. Nineties. I mean the, I mean Drew Bledsoe. I mean the Patriots were maybe a playoff team. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox were meh. Mm-hmm. I mean maybe a playoff team. The Celtics were completely down. The Rick Pitino years. Kenny Anderson is a point. Yeah, and then there was, and the Bruins were there, yeah. but not you know world beaters. I would say, I want, I want to say like from. 95 to about early to like maybe 2002 was mm-hmm. a rough stretch and then you got maybe yeah there was that <laughs> stretch in the 90s where maybe Boston wasn't happy but now it's just go away because their sports teams were average not yeah. even bad yeah the average just average so it's like mediocrity was the thought out there now it's like if you don't win it's like the city just falls apart Tanner hoops ryan steeg with you friday afternoon let's take our last time out friday funnies next on espn up check out the up's live and local sports talk show the sports pen weekday afternoons at four on espn up and on the espn up app if you missed any of today's show get caught up on demand get a free mobile app from the apple i store or google play or look up espn up Dot com and check the on-demand there. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig with you in our final minutes here before we hit the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to end the show the way we always do on Fridays with the Friday Funnies. There's there's some good ones this it was a week. good week well, for Funnies. Yeah, yeah we'll, uh, we'll start off with what we were just discussing, the Flyers Rage Room. <laughs> that was introduced this week. The Philadelphia Flyers have decided their fans are so angry <sighs> that they created a separate room full of like flat screen TVs and like plates and just glass stuff so people can take a hockey stick and just lose their minds and unleash all this rage. <laughs> it's been dubbed the rage room and there's a bit where Gritty's going yeah, in there. The video of Gritty just destroying stuff with a hockey stick is amazing. Yeah. And I'm just like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, do you get that riled up in a game that you feel the need? I need to destroy multiple items. Because it's like, take a look in the mirror, man. It is the perfect Philadelphia sports fan stereotype. Yeah. It's like, we've now reached peak Philadelphia where we need a separate room for people to <laughs> unleash their pent-up rage during the game. Well, and all that glass and stuff, if somebody, you know, is stupid and drunk and cuts themselves, <laughs> you'll yeah. smash in a TV. That sounds like a lawsuit. Yeah. But, you know, maybe they set a waiver, say, yeah. before you go in there. Maybe they'll cor- maybe they'll correct that and be like, okay, you want to go in here, you got to at least sign this thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah. But drunk people probably won't have the right set of mind to do that. So. Uh, I don't know if you need it. Yeah. <laughs> Just It's better than have them destroy other property. At least right. you can go in a room. But, the rage uh, room. The rage room. Um, Jacob Nix of the Padres, mm. you hear this, mm. got arrested for breaking into an Arizona home by using the doggy door. Oh, no. Yeah. So he decides, he's drunk, obviously, uh-huh. decides he's going to break in with Thomas Cosgrove as a teammate, um, and he goes in through the doggy door. The owner 
hears a noise, you see some drunk guy trying to enter your house through your dog door, and <laughs> and he, he gets stuck, so he hears him coming, so the guy actually like kicks him in the face like multiple <laughs> times to try to get him out, and he finally gets unstuck, and then <laughs> the owner grabs his taser and shoots it into his face. <laughs> he was then arrested, and uh, you know, booked for, you know, breaking and entering. Why are two professional athletes trying to break into some guy's house? I don't get it. <laughs> it's like people do dumb stuff when they're drunk, but it's just like, what? <laughs> that That's the first thing. I, and not like open a door. No, I'm going to crawl through a doggy <laughs> door and somehow think this is going to work out for me. Why do people have doggy like, doors? I'm surprised people still do. Yeah. I, uh, I mean... It's a great way if it's up high enough that you can, you know, you know, reach a pole through the door and it hits the latch mm-hmm. on the door and you can get in there. But uh, <laughs> then, as we talked about the Braves, who before the game said that they weren't going to hand out tomahawks for mm-hmm. the tomahawk chop, and some rebellious fans decided to do it on their own and uh, started doing the chop before the game. And were promptly blown out by the Cardinals. <laughs> I'm, I, I couldn't help laughing at that because it's like, no, we are holding on to this bizarre, racially insensitive tradition, and we get blown out as soon as we start doing it. I know one of the Cardinals pitchers, I think it was Rick Hillsley, is part Native American. I think yeah, his grandfather is like full blood Cherokee, Cherokee. and mm-hmm. he wasn't happy with the whole thing. Like, you know, he thought it was racially insensitive too. And, he, Got his revenge on the field. Yeah, and then the Cardinals blew him out, and it was it was just really funny. So maybe they'll completely stop it now, uh, <laughs> like a good learning experience for them or something. Uh, of course, then there's the Richard Sherman Baker Mailfield head oh, sh- boy. handshake gate, um, where he may have not shaken his hand, or he may have shaken <laughs> his shook his hand. Um, it looks like he did. Looks like he did, but then the different angle says is inconclusive. So it's been basically blatant. It's been blown out of proportion. Sherman has said that he's going to apologize for it, and it's just there's a lot of dumb stuff that happens like, in why sports. Why do that? Yeah, you just embarrass them on the field. Why do something like this? Because now Baker probably looks even more favorable. Yeah, which is one of the few times, as he said, that the TV cameras have actually benefited him. <laughs> I loved that. Something that I've been caught doing on videos actually benefited exactly. me. Exactly. That's been good. Because um, then Baker also had to deal with the whole flag planting mm-hmm. thing again, which I thought was hilarious. That was great. Um, uh, so, Jay Gruden, what, what's the worst way you can get fired? Um, probably the way they did it to Jay Gruden. <laughs> Call him into the office at 5 a.m., <laughs> And then fire him. I mean, you couldn't wait till like nine. That's just twisting the knife. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen. I mean, there's wasn't Lane Kiffin fired on the bus? Yes. Yeah, and not allowed on the bus. Like he had to get left behind. Oh, this should be a segment next week. We should figure out the worst coaching firings, the worst way to get fired. This yeah. would be a great segment. I'm going to do this. Yeah, we should for uh, maybe next Friday. Oh, we yes. should we should do that because it, uh, it'd be a great segment. And Rob Ionello, who was the Akron coach, mm-hmm. was fired 
on his way home from his mom's funeral. Oh, no. Oh, that's just mean. <laughs> it's oh. like, you couldn't wait a day? <laughs> it's, you're Akron. <laughs> it's not like you're Michigan. It's like you're Akron. You can't wait a day? It's just, I feel like owners and GMs are just bizarre. Mm. And, like, I'm going to make this as worse as I possibly can. <laughs> I'm not going to have any sense of public decency. I'm just going to make, just destroy someone's day. And, uh, I mean, you're firing someone, so they're going to be unhappy regardless. Mm. But it's like, no, I'm going to make it worse. I'm going to make that, just like you said, twist the knife, you know, dump salt into that wound a little bit. Doug Mankiewicz with the Fort Myers Miracle. Remember that? He was out, like, cleaning up after a hurricane. They just had a huge hurricane in that area, and he was out cleaning up. And I think he got, like, a text message. So, like, you're, like, having a girlfriend break up with you kind of the way. (laughs) Ouch. You know? It's like, at least call the guy. (laughs) It's like, it's almost like when people do that, it's like they're scared to actually having to Mm. do something. Right. It's like, you know, grow up and actually do it. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, let's see what we got here. There's, I'll do two more. Bill's fan. Did you see that clip where the Bill's fan tried to leap on the table? No. And Nashville? Okay, Bills fans are known for their Bills Mafia and doing stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. But this guy decides, it's like a wheelchair ramp, okay? Mm -hmm. So he puts the table way out there, and he's going to take a running leap off the wheelchair ramp or whatever that was and try to land on the table. Okay, this is at least a 10-foot gap. And he lands about eight and a half so face plants completely into the pavement misses the table and lies still for quite a period of time now i'm not mocking that part i'm mocking the part of who who's that dumb yeah i think there might have been a few beverages involved yeah probably but just like and like nobody thought hey maybe we should move it up a couple feet no it's like no he's gonna drunk somehow managed to clear a 10-foot gap (laughs) bills are weird (laughs) and then adam gase we'll close on that oh perfect adam is so sure sam darnold's gonna play Mm -hmm. that he keeps luke falk his backup Mm -hmm. from taking first team reps until the last day of practice and then as we know, in the first quarter, it's fourth and one. Adam calls, instead of running it up the middle with Le'Veon Bell, let's go for a bootleg. Falk, who hasn't worked with the team, like, all week, uh-huh. stares down, Le'Veon Bell gives up a pick six, and that's that sums up the Jets. Doesn't it really? Wow. Right now? <laughs> as, if, as if the whole mono thing and the whole Adam Gase being insane, this is just another one to just... This is the Jets. If you're Sam Darnold, why are you rushing yourself back to play the Cowboys in their defense? I mean, you're dealing with a sensitive spleen. It could be fatal if you're hit the wrong way. Chris, That's all dangerous enough. Chris Sims almost died on the Tampa Bay turf when he got hit. Didn't he rupture his spleen during that game? He might have. Yeah, so it's you're rushing yourself back to pay one of the best defenses. They're going to hit you hard during the game. And Adam Gase is an awful coach <laughs> and could very much end your career with some really terrible decisions. <laughs> Just, you know how it's LOL Mets? Mm-hmm. It's LOL Jets at this point, <laughs> I would say. So, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you with that. We are out of time. Ryan, have fun at hockey tonight. What do you want our listeners to know about what's coming out in the Mining Journal? Here? Well, 
my football, uh, not football. My hockey recap will be in Saturday. It will be in the paper Saturday, and my hockey, and my column, which is about what it's like to be a Minnesota sports fan. Oh boy! So it's kind of a downer, but uh, I I try to make it entertaining. So <laughs> hopefully people will enjoy that. And then um, Saturday night we don't print on Sunday, but Saturday I will come back to the office. I'll throw the article up online and I'll tweet out the link so yeah. everybody can read it. So. Perfect. We'll check that out and we'll uh, see you tomorrow night at hockey. Sounds good. All right. For Ryan Stieg, I'm Tanner Hoops. Join us in about an hour. And half for Patriot Football on ESPN-UP. Until then, thanks for listening to Sports Pan ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.